And we're live with episode six. Welcome back to Slacking Off. I'm Charlie. I'm Jesse. And we didn't even discuss what we're going to be talking about this week. So I'm assuming we're just going to be kind of winging this one. Buckle up, people. <laughs> Buckle up. Let's get right in. And why don't you tell us about your fantastic weekend? Because you're just glowing right now. I can tell you <laughs> a great weekend. I did get a new highlighter. Um, I was just telling Charlie, I actually had a great weekend. Um, didn't do anything too special, obviously, still in the COVID of it all, of life. But um, on Saturday, it was just so beautiful out. And I just felt, do you ever have a weekend where you just feel like a top-notch parent at the end of it? Like, I just feel like I was a 10 out of 10 mom to my kids this weekend. They had a great weekend. Like, I just, yeah. the 10, feel great about myself. In that I did see, I did see your stories. Looks like you got lots done. Yeah, like, we went to gray had his little ninja class Saturday morning and then we all went to the park after and hung out which is fun it's hilarious to see him in his little ninja class ninja class okay let's let's hear more about this I, yeah. I missed that so gray's two and a half and he does this little um it's technically like a, <laughs> see how I branded it it's technically like a little gymnastics class but they have an older kids version called little ninjas that hazel does and it's actually a super cool idea it's like a mix of martial arts gymnastics parkour that's um, awesome. It's super cool, yeah. And Gray really wanted wanted to do that one too, but he's he had to be three before to start, so he couldn't get into it. So I had to put him into the little version of it, which is um, so we call it Little Ninjas for him right. because he wanted to be in ninjas like with Hazel. But it's actually pretty funny. It's pretty much just like a free for all. But it's this really cool place um, opened up where I live called Spectrum Gymnastics. It's a super cool gymnastics facility, and they have like a rock climbing wall. The kids get to go on all these trampolines and stuff. Is um, it like a, is it a converted factory? Yes. That's how, I think that's common. Cause that's how ours was too. And I think that's what's happening with like a lot of, uh, you know, gymnastics clubs is they're just using these unused old factories that are, you know, this area specifically in Kitchener was, you know, pretty heavy on manufacturing and it's transitioned more into tech. So there's all sorts of like yeah. old buildings that aren't being used. Yeah, so it's an awesome place. Um, it yeah. just up here this year, so both both Hazel and Gray go there for their classes, and it's. I have to tell you, <laughs> Gray, physically speaking, Gray is a pretty capable kid. Um, so he loves it, and he is just like in his little. He has a friend there from daycare who goes in his class, so it's funny to see them together. Um, it's pretty funny, um, and it's also it's just funny to see like everyone try and like wrangle their two and a half inches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to like follow what they're trying to do and most of the time it's just a bit of a shit show to be honest now are, are all parents there so for hazels it's totally independent like you just right. take them and go and her teacher is super cool he's like a legit ninja like I, i'm a bit of a fan he can like do backflips and stuff he's cool um hazels or grays you have to go you have to be there with them okay um, how, sorry how old is gray three Two and a half. He'll be three and two. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty young. So, yeah, because yeah. we had my son Teddy in that, and he and he loved it. But I was always like, if you were able to, I was very much like the parent, like they got to go figure it out. Yeah, because there's always those parents that are like holding on too long. Like at some point, and and that's a struggle. It really depends on your kid with sports, right? Because you know, I see I see it with basketball, and when the boys started, there's just some kids that will not let go of their parents. And I think that you got to like make that separation. Great. You know, and be like, no, 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 you go out there yeah. and you got, and you do it on your own. We'll be on the sideline kind of thing. Yeah. Gray could fully do this on his own without me. Yeah. 
I would say um, some parents or kids like still, and some of them are, some of them are just two, right? So obviously they right. Help. It's pretty young. Um, the main, it is funny though. You know what it's funny doing classes like this with your kid is like you interact with like such a varied group of other people that you would never normally interact with. Like there are some parents there, like to me, look like they're like I can't believe they're old enough to have a two year old. They look so young. To yeah. Me. Like just so different, ever different walks of life. You do really encounter. Um, it was actually a funny incident, um, not an incident, but I, I had like an awkward moment, I guess, at the class because so how it's set up for Gray's class, they have all these different like, it's like kind of like an obstacle course and the kids yep. like do a somersault, jump on the trampoline, whatever. And of course, the trampoline is like the hot ticket at um, for all these kids they are all dying to get on the trampoline. And this this one kid, little kid, um, who is straight up like that is just like doing her own thing at the class all the time, which is so funny. She's in the trampoline. She's having a great time. Her dad is has like I don't know, gotten a mess. Something has encountered him on his phone that he's very interested in. So like he's missing the cue to get her out of the trampoline and get moving. Right. And it's like awkward me like okay i don't know what to do but i feel bad for gray because he's dying to get in it so yeah. we skipped it to the next one then we went to come back he still hadn't like clued in and then another mom was like and so then like the two of us were trying to be like yeah excuse me but i didn't want to yeah. be like parent on him you know get off your phone and parent your child cool yeah. take all, but it's that fine line of like, and you also, you know, you don't want to parent someone else's kid, right? Like, I'm not gonna always put it on the trampoline. I know. I, I had kind of tried. Like, I was like, "Are you done?" She was like, "No." <laughs> you do that thing. Far as I'm taking it with someone else's kid, you know. Remember in grade school when you would do that at the water fountain? You'd go one, two, three. You'd be the person behind you be counting for you. Like, okay, you're done. <laughs> That's what you should have done, right? <laughs> um yeah and then so then finally he like did turn and he he did turn around and then like he was like oh should i get her out i'm like kind of kind yeah, of there's a line yeah. literally everybody everybody's waiting you know and then he got her out it was fun um yeah. we went to the park what else did we do oh hazel took her training wheels off her bike and she's not 100 percent there but she's still like she can get a good distance Yep. Um, she still has to put her feet down to stop, but like huge progress. That was super exciting. You know what the key is these days with um, kids learning how to ride bikes or balance bikes? Are you aware of? Hazel had one when she was little. Yeah. Um, and then I guess I screwed it up actually because she had a balance bike that she used to play yeah. on. And I got her a training wheel bike. When yeah, I you got to go straight to the. Yeah. yeah. So my bad. Well, I mean, she should still have that muscle memory a little bit of because balance bikes are awesome like my boys you know it, it once you, it, that's all it is is the is the them getting used to shifting their body weight and staying you know upright yeah. um they made the transition like super quick like you know 20 minutes they were whipping up and down the road done you know what hazel's is hazel's so funny she's a little bit like me like she gets so distracted like the other <laughs> Like she was doing so good. Like she was going like Justin would, you know, let her go and she'd make it like a good ways down the driveway. And then like the second our neighbors came out, like she had a little friend who lives next door and they were just like, Hey, Hazel. Oh, <laughs> she on the bike. like, hey. And then she just like, yeah, loses her focus and she just can't do it. You know, and she it was funny, but she's, we're going to keep working out this week. I think like by next weekend, she'll probably be like full on on her own. Um, so that was exciting stuff. Um, like we had so much fun on Saturday, Charlie, that in the middle of dinner on Saturday, we were eating outside gray, like 
pushed his plate away and was like, I go bed. <laughs> Just uh, like, <laughs> I, I saw he was like, how, what was he doing? Oh, he's chewing gum and oh my like, falling asleep. That was hilarious. <laughs> Justin introduced gum to, to our kids, which like different parenting style. Like I probably would have avoided gum with a toddler. Uh-huh. Have. Justin one day was like, check this out, bud gum. How cool is that? <laughs> um, and they actually like, associate it with Justin so much that when we get in Justin's truck, like if I, if I drive the truck for any reason, they're like, where's the gum, mom? Where's your gum? I'm like, you know, I'm not doling out bars of trident here. Uh, yeah. Like dad, that's more of a dad thing. Cause you know, I, both my kids have a lot of hair. I don't need gum. Yeah, that. exactly. I had to ban my son Teddy from gum. Cause it was like, you know, on the seat, stuck to the side of the car and, and just a, a huge mess um yeah we we've we've been trying to go with the rule like it's in your mouth or it's in the garbage which so far has been working out for us but i'm it does make me a little i get a little nervous um but yeah what else did we do we were just like just outside the whole time pretty much and then the kids were just exhausted and fell right to sleep um that was nice so that was good and then I mean, yeah, that pretty much wrapped it up. I was just going to segue into something, but then I wanted to ask you how your weekend was first. Yeah, I mean, my weekend wasn't that exciting. I had Friday off, and I'm I'm off today. I took a couple of days off. I I had so many, well, not so many, but I had holidays scheduled, and they've been canceled multiple times. We were supposed to go to Hawaii twice, and with with COVID, that got canceled. So I looked at how many holidays I had taken, and I was like, I should probably take a couple of days off here and there. So oh, um, no, nothing. Yeah, yeah, nothing. And that, but but then I realized, like, oh wait, it's a short week this week, right? It we is a short week. I didn't realize until last night. I kind of forgot. And Hazel always wants to know, like, how many sleeps until something she's looking forward to. Right. And so I was counting them off for her, and then I was like, actually, girlfriend, the weekend is only thank, four sleeps this week. Thank God for those religious holidays that have somehow permeated everyone else's <laughs> life. As a Catholic, may I just say you are welcome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, as a former Catholic, um, yeah. uh, it's just great. It's kind of weird, though, right? Like, how it come- is interesting. Yeah, like we don't all get all. The- it's funny how I guess it was the dominant one from way back when. when right, we- right. You know, yeah. like people who aren't religious, you know, like Good Friday. You know, like, anyways. Oh, um, when I first met Justin. He couldn't believe that, like, I went to church on Good Friday. Like, he's like, "This is a holiday. Like, this is no meat, no meat." And I was like, yeah, no, 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 my friend. Oh, here's um, a good transition. What do we, on Good Friday, you know, it's nothing but fish. Or oh, is it? Or is it? Are colliding because, okay, so Charlie and I did one thing in common. This, or we, I watched. Literally, literally this morning, Jesse was like, have you seen, what is it, Sea Spiracy? Is yes, that the Spiracy. I'm like, no, what the hell is that? I thought I was all ca- caught up on my, I thought I was all caught up on my documentaries. I watched the college admissions one. I, I watched another one, which I don't even remember which <laughs> well, one it was, but. Must have been great. Um, yeah, so we watched Sea Spiracy on Saturday, and I, I actually was talking about it on Instagram, and I meant to tag you in the post, and then I forgot to, so I give, I didn't give you the heads up I meant to give you. Um, but yeah, so, okay, Sea Spiracy. Oh, I guess, okay, if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. I do recommend you check it out. I should give you a caveat that it is bleak. Like, it is a bleak, it's not the great, you're not yeah. going to feel great after. I not a feel-good story. Not a feel-good story. And I am someone who like really like I really like take that stuff in and I'm like in a bleak state after a while, whereas like Justin is normal and he's just like, yeah, 
we should figure out a plan on that. But then like he carry on, he can still live his life. Or I'm just laying on the couch like, oh, the dolphins, like I can't go on. For um, me, it's more selfish. It's like, oh man, does this mean I'm going to feel bad when I eat sushi now? This is what it means, Charlie. We should be feeling bad. Yeah. So I'll give you, I'm not going to, It's there's so many layers to it. Of, right. Of, well, and I guess I will say, Charlie, do you not feel like the more and more time goes on, like the more things I just, the answer is just being vegan. Like we were just, we're just I know. Or just, I know there should be vegan potentially, but so, okay. Key takeaways for me. So just to sum it up, people who haven't seen it. You should watch it. It's on Netflix. I thought it was fascinating also that that was that guy's first big documentary that he ever made as a filmmaker. And he did like an excellent job. Yeah. Yeah. He did good. You know, it's funny on a side note. I loved how he would go into, Hey, we showed up at Mitsubishi's uh, head offices, my girlfriend and I with a little camera and they didn't want to comment. Well, no kidding. They didn't want to comment. They have no idea who you are. You're just some random guy who's making, you say you're making a documentary. It could be for YouTube. It could be for who knows what. Like I always thought that was funny. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's all about just like the commercial fishing as a whole right. and its impact on the environment. Um, a much greater impact their positioning than any of the other environmental issues that we're aware of, like plastic and things like that. Right. And there's also, which I thought was fascinating about it, because most of that stuff I did know, um, was there's a the conspiracy side of things, which I thought was very interesting. And yeah. one of the key takeaways about the conspiracy was, you know, um, a this this was upsetting to me. The check mark that you see when you buy seafood, the blue check mark that means it's sustainable. Um, a good boy. Um, <laughs> that it means it's sustainably caught and like dolphin safe and all that stuff is just total baloney. Yeah, complete BS. And that that organization MSC is funded almost entirely by like Highliner Fish Stick Company um, and a couple other big 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 fish companies. And I thought it was crazy how they talked about, they asked them, like, how do you know tuna is, a, a can of tuna is sustainable? And the guy running right. it, like, well, you don't, you don't know. And yep. he's like, then why are you putting the label on it? And they said that they used to send humans out as inspectors to like verify they weren't catching any dolphins when they caught the tuna, except that the humans started going missing. Like the inspectors would just get thrown overboard if they called out that there was a dolphin in the net, which. Right. See? Right. And and also there's millions and millions of fishing boats and there was just no possible way that this organization could be monitoring even a small, tiny percentage of, you know, these fishing boats and, and how many, what do they call it when, um, you know, they throw out these massive nets to catch, say, tuna and they're catching dolphins, sharks. What did they forget? Bycatch. Sorry? Bycatch. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, they illustrated that like bycatch was killing, you know, far more fish than, you know, we're, we're swallowing straws. Have a nice day at work. Um, but yeah, it was just like, you know, these, these, um, these organizations are, are drawing attention to the amount of plastic that's in our ocean. But this guy was kind of illustrating at first. That's kind of what it started off as like, yes. you know, all these plastics, very bad. But the real culprit here is commercial fishing that like 50% of these plastics were actually, you know, nets, uh, buoys, whatever sort of plastics from, from these commercial fishing boats. So that was something that kind of, kind of blew my mind. I knew that commercial fishing was destroying, de completely depleting our stocks of fish yeah. around the world. Um, but the fact that it's also killing even more fish due to the pollution is, it's just shocking.
Yes. And I also didn't realize, um, and that's, I guess it was interesting that they show, you know, like it's easy to get people riled up about uh, dolphin hunting or in parts yeah. of Japan where they hunt whales. That's easy to get us to care because like you can see dolphins being murdered, but yep. really that's like a drop in the bucket compared to how many whales and dolphins are killed by mass commercial fishing practices just you know decimating the ocean destroying all the feeding fish that they eat and then like the system just goes down and down and down. i mean but in their defense that's how you get people's attention right like seeing cute dolphins murdered yeah. so I, I understand that it's just like you know they're drawing attention to, to one thing but it's you know hiding the real problem then i was like okay that makes sense but then they get into like why these organizations aren't putting a bigger microscope on commercial fishing and then you get like to this like back end of like what's funding these organizations and you know they were very um you know hesitant to say stuff like you know the best way to you know save our oceans is to stop eating so much fish yeah eat less seafood eat less seafood and you know we won't need to have these massive crawling machines of death in the ocean as much right. and you know what i wonder i wish charlie same this is the same with like meat and factory farming because I mean, aside from like the ethical component of eating meat, which you have to make on an individual standpoint, uh, meat, the meat industry is bad for the environment as well. But only both of these things are only really decimating the planet based on the scale at which they operate. Right. Right. Like there was a point in the world where like farming practices for cattle and meat and fishing practices were not at the scale at which they're destroying the entire planet. Yeah. I wish we could have pinpointed, put a pin in that. Put a pin in that at the time well, and just been like, hey, let's not scale nine billion times bigger than this. Let's just well, let only have one piece. I think that comes down to population, right? Like as I, I wonder I wonder how much people's fish consumption has grown. You know, I, I think the the more relative the more the bigger issue here is just our population has just yeah. exploded globally, yeah. right? So um, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and it's just, it's a little bit disheartening. And, you know, it, it's like, I, 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 I take a good, a deep look at myself of like, if you told me right now that if I stopped eating fish, that the world's oceans would be great and, and, and back to functioning the way they should be in like a couple decades, I would do it. But the, the problem is I have no faith in humanity to oh like goodness. everyone do it. But then mm -hmm. I understand that you know, it starts with you. Like if, if everybody yeah. had that thought, no one would ever do it. Right. Like, so it's hard. Like I, 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 you know, struggle with my inner self to be like, Hey, you should just, you know, stop eating fish. But then unless like, you know, make the same argument. Am I not going to eat any meats whatsoever now? And then like, yeah. And I don't know. I, every so often I do like something like this will happen in my life and then I'll go vegan for a while. Right. Um, and then I'll slowly, you know, fall off the wagon with a delicious yeah. piece of And then just, Justin brings you a nice steak. And you know, I'm elbow deep in a bucket of KFC, you know, <laughs> no one knows. No knows. But you know what I do think is potentially if you watched it and you feel it the same way is um, maybe you don't have to take the approach of like, I'm never going to eat. I mean, if you can be vegan, for sure, be vegan. I would encourage people to be vegan. Um, it seems like it's better for everybody. But um maybe just to try and do a little bit better. Like, um, yeah. you know, my husband, Justin, I was like, okay, well, oh, we're done. We're done eating everything. We can eat nothing but legumes. That's all there is right. just legumes for us. Um, and uh, he was like, or 
maybe we just like scale it way back, try and scale it way back, you know? And I was like, yeah, that would probably be helpful. He's like, just lower, everyone just lower it a little bit. It really actually started making me, you know, th think hard about how the popularity of sushi has probably driven a lot of this. Like I, I ate way less fish, you know, when I wasn't into, into sushi. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know how much fish I'm actually eating with sushi. It's, you know, it's a couple of rolls that have, you know, yeah. I'm not eating that much fish, but compared to what I was eating before I got into sushi, it was, you know, probably a lot less back then. Or you know where I really started to spiral in the conspiracy world, Charlie, is, you know, there's also documentaries. I can't think of the names, but I'm sure everyone knows. They were huge a couple of years ago about factory farming. Yeah. Then I started to wonder who funded those documentaries? Mm -hmm. Are the fish evil masterminds and the beef evil masterminds going at each other trying to right. draw open? attention? Oh, yeah. Let's not eat factory farm cows because those are harder. That's harder to like in your in your soul because they're cute and they're not, you know, a fish harder to love um as the as the vision of your mission and then i was like are they going back and forth but then really if i were to be in the deep darkness of this they're probably all the same five guy five guys and they're just you know taking a turn who's going to have the highest profit margin right now but right overall i would love anyone out there if you watch this let me know if you're you have, if you have a plan of action i'd love to be supportive of it uh, i love i love whales and dolphins and i feel so bad about it that idea reminds me of kind of that movie. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, thank you for not smoking. Oh. It was like they were part of like all three lobbies. Yeah, it was, it was yes. really interesting. Yes. And that's how he, Nick, Nick, that's how he, um, he was an inspiration to me as a marketer. I have to say he did a hell of a job. Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> luckily, like we're just, we're just selling a good product, you know, here um, in our marketing efforts, but. He did do a hell of a job on that. Um, anyway, yeah. So that that put me, put a bit of a damper on my on my Saturday when I watched that because I you know what I wish I wish at the end, which of course everyone wants, at the end of the documentary. Okay, like I've been convinced this is a problem. You have succeeded. I would love a link to make it better, or I would love yeah. an action plan. But the action plan, of course, was like eat less of it. And <laughs> as I tried a while ago to really you know eat a lot less meat. My my great substitute was I I do eat a lot of fish and so, right um, and that's a natural I, I think that's that was a shift of people moving to um, being well, I guess not vegans but like you know just not eating meat and eating only fish like that was and I think that's what right but now you can't can't do that either. Can't do it either so guess what it's back to me I don't know I then part of me is just like you know what just this world is doomed anyways. So <laughs> like, you know what I, I do think that like, no matter what I do, we're going to screw this up some way, you know, like, and you know what else is crazy to me about just the ocean, not to be to go too deep with this one, but is also crazy to me, which they didn't talk about in the documentary. We have explored more of outer space than we right. have of the ocean. For all we know, we go deep enough, the earth flips, or there's like another dimension, and it's, it's all fine down there, you know? And so, like, maybe we should be doing a little bit of deep. Maybe we should be looking in there. Like, I'd love to see to whatever agency it is that's going to get a little deeper down there and see what's happening. Let's see. That's why I tell Hazel, like, she really loves mermaids. You know, we don't know. Hazel, they could be out there. Could be down there. Oh, literally nothing. We know literally nothing about what's down there. There could be... Loch Ness Monster could be down there. No, Loch Ness Monster, the more I learn about dinosaurs, as both Gray and Hazel are passionate about dinosaurs right now, they could be down there. We don't know. We don't know if there's an Elasmosaurus swimming around down there. Looks just like a Loch Ness Monster. The, the issue there is the 
carcasses, I believe, would float at least for some period of time. So you would you would find dead Loch Ness at some point, right? You think? You think so? I deep think that's how it works. Deep, <laughs> We're deep, deep in the science again. Deep in the midnight zone? Deep? I'm talking deep, really. <laughs> we don't, neither of us have the credentials to carry this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone out there does have the credentials, let me know. I did have a guy on Instagram reach out to me that he's like a big, he was deep into the sea uh, conservation. So I was going to check his, his Instagram out actually and see what, see what he knows. See if he's eating anything that I would like to eat. Well, I, I maybe you just start like instantly in my head. I was like, you know, up at the cottage at Sobble Beach, there's no reason why I couldn't bring a garbage bag and I have one of those little grabby things. Like Wait, I just go with the boys in the morning and, you know, clean up even just like 100, 200 yards of the beach just getting garbage. So that's like a little thing. You know, that's not even the ocean. It's just a lake, but still better than doing nothing, I guess. Charlie, I really went hard on the straws. Couple years ago when all that happened i haven't used a plastic straw in quite some time and it was i have to tell you i did have a bit of moral superiority inside myself about my straw thing and then did you bring it like in your purse with you to places or yeah yeah for sure i have okay. a couple of car i have a couple of my because i love i used to love my weakness used to be um the mcdonald's iced coffees dollar drink days like i could oh, drink yeah. three or four of those a day um <laughs> throwing my loonies out the window um love those <laughs> but I, so I started, that was like, um, one year I actually for Lent was like, oh, I'm going to not use a straw. I'm going to like bring a straw every day. Um, and then I just like transitioned it forever kind of thing. Um, well, I'm most places don't even have, it's rare to even get a plastic straw anymore. McDonald's. They're still holding out. Yeah. They don't, they don't even care. They are right. just like, what <laughs> is there a movement uh, unaware? <laughs> I'd rather bring my own straw than use one of those paper ones. I can't stand those things. I also don't care for the paper ones. Yeah, they just break down. It's not a good time. But respect the effort on that part. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, the straw. So I was a little disheartened. Like the first five seconds of this documentary is like, plastic straws, not a problem. <laughs> I'm like getting a tattoo. No more <laughs> Like check. And then you, you know, five minutes more and you're like, oh, shit. Saved, saved the ocean. Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> so what else so we do you want to talk briefly last week we discussed the college admissions uh doc and i forget if you had already watched it by that point but i watched it literally i think after the episode once work was done of course yeah. um i i watched it right away so i it, it almost feels like i watched it so long ago that i barely remember what exactly happened well i will tell you my probably favorite part of the documentary that i don't think was captured in any of the news stories was just like how ludicrous it was when they were doing like they had they so part of part of the scam to get these kids in was like they faked that like charlie oh, yeah. played water polo competitively and he was the captain and so like there's that level of saying you played water polo but then in the documentary it showed that literally they brought a photographer to the house and the kid put on a cap and goggles and they threw him a ball and he's like doing a full photo shoot in his pool. <laughs> and then like somebody photoshopped him into like a game situation. That's hilarious. Like those, those levels are like uh, the Becky from the full house, her daughter, I think they put her on a rowing. They pretended she could row. And right. had her, like, but she that one, that one was just a picture of her on a rowing machine in like their home gym. Yeah. Yeah. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> those ones that just that level of it just really cracked me up and made me like not feel very bad for them that they got publicly humiliated i guess because like you were you were involved to a degree you know um in in the process and just 
I did yeah. feel bad. I felt bad for the, was it UCLA or oh, Stanford sailing uh, coach who seemed, I think he knew what was going on, but he never personally profited from it. He was just yeah. like getting money for his sailing. You could tell he just wanted the sailing program to continue and, and flourish. So, yeah. I mean, it sounded like he may have to do jail time. I think they were going, I, I can't remember if he did any time, but it was, I know for sure he was on probation and stuff from it, but yeah, I guess probation wouldn't, wouldn't is maybe a small price to pay if you're in a sting. Um, like just being in a sting operation. What an experience. That, so I, at first it was weird because I'm like, I thought it was a documentary, which it is, but it's more like, um, you know, like fictionalized, like somebody plays the role of reenacted the tapes. Yeah. Happens. So, but then it kind of, once I got over that, I was like, okay, this is kind of, kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I had to watch the trailer with Justin a couple times to get him, to get him hyped. So I knew that going in that it was the reenactment. Um, I thought they got, you know what they cast very well cast. Yeah. You know what I'm always impressed by in movies is when the child actor in a flashback is so well cast to the actual actor. Right. I can't think of an example right now, but there are a couple that I'm like, wow, is that her child? Yeah. It looks so much like them. I thought this one was pretty well. I guess I don't know all the characters in this one, but the major ones that I knew, I thought they were well cast. So I think last week I mentioned that like, so the way that they were doing this, they would call it like the side door. So there's the back door, which, you know, you can get in by, you know, your marks. That's the, the front door, I guess. I see. Um, which uh, is very, very tough to get into certain schools, of course. Um, back door would be getting a large making a large donation. Like I think they mentioned like in the tens of millions sometimes for some schools. Yeah. Um, and build a wing. And that not, was not even, that's not even guaranteed. You no. can donate $15 million to say your alma mater where you went to get your kid in and that's not guaranteed. So what he was doing was giving you the side door, which was actually guaranteed um, and actually far cheaper. Like we're talking like 500 grand to get your kid into Stanford. Yeah. Um, and you know what I think about when I think about this? Cause sometimes, um, sometimes you watch, you're like, is it that, is it that horrible what they did relative? You know, of course everything can be relative, but then I remember the story of a woman in the States around the same time who just all she did was like, she was one street away from being able to send her kid to a way better school. Um, and in the States, that's very the schools are very disproportionately funded based on where right. they live. And there's a whole system behind that too. But um, she, all she did was like lie by one street, like said she lived 150 meters away and she submitted that and her kid went to that school and she got caught and she served like three years of jail time. That's crazy. And she's like a working mom, a single mom, just trying to like, just the tiniest little thing to get her kid. They're, they're both public schools, just one slightly better. Um, and she actually went to jail. So I was like, if this poor woman has to go to jail, Beck Aunt Becky has also got to, <laughs> to her time. That just Becky, you also have to pay your debt to society, you know? I don't what? know. Like it made it made me think, would I do this? And I was like, Yeah, if I had that kind of money, and then yeah, I might I might be able to be convinced to get my kid in a better school. But I just wonder, like, what is like what is that teaching your kid when they do get in there? Well, like, that's the thing, because a lot of them were very um cautious and didn't want their kids to know, right? Like that was a big part. And then some of them were just like, I don't know, my kid knows he like they don't care. Then, then. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't really want your kid to know that you are the one that got them in. You wanted to think that they got there on their own merits. And it was interesting, like 
they would take the test and they'd have to like lie to their kids about why why their because what they would do was they would get their kids to get an exception and say that they you know, had issues, um, you know, reading or dyslexic or something like that. So they could get the test taken on uh, with no time limit and then on their own. And then what they would do is they would pay the person, the person who would be administering that test would be paid off. And it would be like just one on one. They would take the test. This guy would go through and mark down all the answers. Now, And I thought it was also funny that they were giving this guy like all this credit about how brilliant he is, that he was able to just like get all the answers exactly like the score that they asked. And then someone was like, no way. These are 11th graders. Like anybody with like, you know, a, a decent level of intelligence who's taken these tests before could probably get these scores. Yeah. Like on Shameless, Lip could do it. If you watch that show, that's what he's, that he used to, there's a character on that show. He, he took the SATs for cash because he was smart. Right. Um, And so like he could get like, if basketball players got a scholarship, but they had to just like get the bare minimum on their SAT yeah. and go do that for them. Um, sometimes he would get distracted and do too well on it for right. realistic things like that. Um, but I do think it's kind of setting your kid up though in life. And I guess most of these kids are going to enjoy a level of privilege, which will make this not an issue for them. Right. But I wonder like your, if your kid doesn't know, say he's not in on it. He say he's just not that smart. Okay. Like that's okay. Not everyone is super smart. Um, you know, but you think you got into Stanford. You think you're so smart. Like, wouldn't you just feel dumb in every scenario with all your peers all the time? Like, you can't figure but, out why you're so dumb. And what happens when you can't pass these courses again? Then you have to do the whole rigmarole all over again. How many side doors are there? Yeah. <laughs> you got to pay off each individual teacher. Seems exhausting. <laughs> have you never seen Shameless, Charlie? No. No, I know, I know. Oh God, I can't remember the main actor. That's in oh, oh, oh! Wow, what a tie-in, William H. Macy. Oh, right, yeah, of course, Mark, Felicity his Huffman. Wife, his wife, Felicity Huffman. Wow, I'm gonna pretend that was intentional. His <laughs> wife, Felicity Huffman, was one of the ones who got caught in this whole scheme. And there you go. He's the star of that show. Yeah, and he got off. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He she took, handled all this. The whole thing for him. Yeah, for sure. He's got more Oscar noms. I see that making more sense for them as a couple. Right. Fargo is, I just always picture him in, in, as the Ned, whatever his name was from Fargo. I, think I know. Name. I guess I should say, I'm sure he's got more impressive acting credits than Shameless, but that's the show I've watched recently that he's on. I like that show. Sometimes I like it. It's a bit depressing, actually, to be honest, sometimes. What else do we have for today? Any anything oh, else? Do we have a do we have a hypothetical? Oh yeah. Uh, wait, there was something I wanted to ask you. Oh crap! I forget. I should have written it down. It was on one of the other topics that we were talking about. Oh, it was a good. I should have written it down. About the ocean. Damn it, Charlie! I watched. I will tell you. I watched a little bit of the Justice League, that four-hour saga. Oh yeah, and. I mean. Okay, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope no one watching this is, uh, we'll see. Don't come for me if you're a huge fan. But like, I felt like it just was like, you could tell like this was driven by like hardcore fans because the only difference I could see was like Aquaman comes out of the water. It takes 11 minutes in this version. As yeah. like, they cut it down to one minute. Okay, cool. I get it. He's very impressive. He is in the water. I don't know. I didn't need it. I didn't feel like it was necessary to be that long. So what happened was uh, Zack Snyder originally was the director and he came to the studio with this four hour cut and they're like, what the hell are we going to do with this? Like, 
It's can't release hours in a can't release this. So they brought somebody else in, um, Joss Joss Whedon, I think, yes. to yeah. to make a theatrical version, like chop out major sections. And basically, what he did was just butcher the whole thing. He reshot a bunch of like cheesy, really cheesy and silly scenes and dialogue that just didn't make sense. So this is the way that the film, I think, was met. It makes a lot more sense. It's a much better film. It's just four hours long. And to be honest with you, I think I said this before, but it didn't feel like it was four hours. Like it never never really dragged on. But those parts to me just stood out. Like I just felt yeah. like, um, you know, Ben Affleck is getting in the Batmobile and like. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, they take they they take their time. They like yeah. they'll let things. I always call it uh, let things sizzle. I watched the Michael Jackson documentary. He was always talking about like yeah. letting things sizzle and like you know like a pause. Like and he would just like and he he gotta let it sizzle. Anyways, Michael Jackson. You know, Charlie, I um <laughs> as an as a constant talker and someone who like always fills the quiet. That's like one of my life goals is to say something and then pause for dramatic effect after. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I've never successfully done, but I, I hear it was the way to go. And um, it seems like it's great. I'm going to give it Let a it marinate. That's what else I like to say. Let it marinate a little bit. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Here is a ridiculous, I found this thing, like the list of hypotheticals. And I think I mentioned last week, I'm like, this, this is a wild list. Some of the ones on here are just ridiculous. I got to ask you this one. Here's one of the hypotheticals on this list. Okay. If your sheets had to be made of, if your sheets had to be made of deli meats what meat would you want them made of okay now there's a right away my mind goes in two directions do i want to do i want to pick my least favorite deli meat because i'll probably never want to eat it again after i've slept in it or do i want to pick my favorite and just nibble on a casual salami at night um <laughs> Like this is reminding me of George Costanza, like how he used to want to take a sandwich to bed with him when he would have sex. Because <laughs> he needed a snack sometimes. He needed a snack. Uh, you know, honestly, I can't think of many things that would be less pleasant to cuddle into than a jelly meat. Um, I would have to... <laughs> but then, of course, if you pick the worst one, also the smell of it. It's yeah. It's like more I think there's a clear answer for me. I know exactly. Right away, I was like prosciutto. Prosciutto, yeah. Go for. I would also probably go for like a Genoa salami. Yeah, oh, and yeah, I would, yeah. and it's got a good firmness. I guess it could, it could maybe like maintain your your tossing and turning, and then you have a little nibble of it, yeah. and it's cured. So I guess you wouldn't have to worry if you did nibble it in middle midnight. Whereas like a ham or a bologna. Why is bologna bologna spelled like that? We should, as a society, do you know bologna? B l o n g a. That drives me nuts. Bologna, yeah. When I was a kid, I just, thought it was something else. Might be one of those words that we just like have bastardized and made well, it. Knowing us, the humans, I would only assume so. Okay, next one. That was ridiculous. Some of the, the, this list is like out there. Give me, give me. A... Okay, let me see here. Um, okay, <laughs> if you were. <laughs> Just like thinking of all kinds of clips that you just said that would be perfect to cut for social with your salami. <laughs> just crawling in for the night. <laughs> um, okay. If you were obscenely wealthy, what weird eccentricities would you indulge in? Oh. It's a wild list. Weird I mean, ah. Uh. 
feel like I probably indulge in a few too many for my current economic standing already. You know what? I don't know. You know who I, I don't know if I would, I don't know. I can't think of many eccentricities, but you know who I think is doing super rich, right? Oh. Kylie Jenner. Okay. Love her or hate her. If you were a 21 year old billionaire, that's how you should be living your life. She is living, living the life. But she, I think eccentricities and it's more me, me, it's more like, you know, like weird little hobbies or little yeah. things that you're into that not so. And I wanted to bring this up. Actually, you mentioned a Jenner. Do you remember when, um, um, formerly, uh, oh my God, the dad, I'm forgetting, uh, Bruce. former, yeah. formerly Bruce, um, yeah. at the time on the show, it was, it was Bruce. Um, he would, I think he was big, like big into, uh, RC airplanes. I oh, remember, was, okay, I, I don't watch much Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but one episode they were like fixated on Bruce's obsession with his RC airplanes. And I thought that was so cool because he has like this crazy family. He just likes to get away in his little, I think he might have had like a little shed. And he liked to go out and, <laughs> okay, he liked to tinker and then fly his helicopters. One, that would be like something I, if you know, I already do that. But I just, okay, my question is, do you think Bruce is still doing that? Oh, I believe my God. Caitlin. 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 Yes, I think so. I think um, I've seen some episodes. He, she is not on the show now because of the right. falling out, but I have seen like on Kylie's Instagram, Kendall, Kendall and Caitlin like race cars together still. Uh, that's what they do. Like father to father daughter time. And I think that she is still very into like the extreme sport situation. Um, it seems that way anyway, from, um, from what I see on Instagram, like they go, Kate, uh, Kendall and Caitlin, like race Porsches together at racetracks and things like that. So I bet she still is into that kind of stuff. Okay. That, it's funny when, when she made the transition, all I could think in my head was like, I wonder if she's still playing with RC <laughs> out in the shed. Where's the collection of RC vehicles? Um, if but I had to think of a true eccentricity, I mean, like, I don't think I would ever be like, like, they say Ellen DeGeneres doesn't want anyone to make eye contact with her. I don't think that would bother me. Um, <laughs> I don't know, probably. Maybe I, I would, I would, I don't know if that's the next, like, I would love to cut the lines. I don't like, to, I hate waiting in lines. <laughs> I'd love to, I would oh, be, right. I'd be like a billionaire jerk who's cutting the line with my money. Yeah. And if anybody said anything, it's just, you'd have somebody behind you with hundreds and you just be like, just shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. That's what I would do. I would, I would like make it rain cash a lot. Like that's something I would do. Like if I were at, you know, McDonald's getting, getting my no straw diet Coke, I'd be like. I do think about that. If I had like an obscene amount of money, just pulling up to like a neighborhood around here that's you know underprivileged and just yeah. been like hey 100 for you 100 i think that'd be kind of cool 100 like, that would be going because the other day i did um like a pay it forward at i was at tim hortons oh yeah like uh her her weekly timbit fix and um maybe should we should explain that for our american audience yes. so i think it's definitely good i'm sure you can do obviously you could probably do it anywhere um no, but they, they don't they're american so let's okay, be honest. yeah so you could maybe give it <laughs> It's just like a habit where like you go up to the drive through you could practice this to check what the, how much is the order. Yeah. And then, you know, if it's something that you're comfortable doing, you just pay for it for them as an anonymous delight. And they roll up and say like, you know, the car ahead got yours for you. And, um, I did that for the first time in a while the other day with Hazel. And I did just feel, I was having a great day. It was super nice out. And I was just like, I just want to make someone else feel I have a happy day. 
and yeah. paid for her order. It was like seven bucks. Um, and I hope it made her happy. Yeah, she's she she like you know the, um there was it was a two lane drive through and it, it's a bit awkward. Oh, who who goes? Right. Who goes? Um, and then we were both like oh, and she's like oh, and I was like okay, and then I was just like oh, she seems like a delightful person. I hope she has a great day and enjoys whatever she got. I mean, you would think right, like even if you are having a crappy day, even just for that, you know. 10 seconds you're like oh that was nice and you, you know just there's a nice woman somewhere floating around out there so i got it happened to me for the first time i don't know like six months ago and i was i look at the person i'm like well what do i do now no I'm like do i pay for the person behind me now and they're like you can and i'm like okay i guess i better <laughs> let's yeah, just like pay it forward so i just paid for the person behind me and tim morton smartly um at one point i can't remember when it was like they started like including the hashtag pay it forward in like some of their marketing campaigns and things like that and they did like a campaign around it, which was a nice feel good campaign for them. Even though personally sound like a bad Canadian, I don't really like Tim Hortons. Um, oh, let's talk about that real quick. So because I always describe this, right? Like um, Tim Hortons is not good coffee. You know, like I, I would describe Tim Hortons when I get a Tim Hortons coffee, I want a creamy and sugary <laughs> coffee drink. If that makes sense. You know, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for good coffee. It's just like, it's a sugary coffee caffeinated it's like a coffee crisp but in a cup you know yeah. well and you know what i'll give tim hortons um a point for it which i have been there a couple times more often they have non-dairy milk options now and mcdonald's right. i'm sure you're watching where are you at with this guys like it's 2021 i would love a not i because i try not to drink um dairy and they have not so i can get a nice coffee there which yeah. is nice um but you know what Interesting factoid. Do you remember that our colleague Terrence told us about Tim Hortons coffee? Um, and why maybe some people don't like the taste of it, but it's why it's tasteless. No. Okay. Coffee factoid for you guys is so obviously every different coffee bean type of coffee bean has, and I'm not, I don't know a lot about coffee, but Terrence, our colleague, is it like he hand grinds his beans every morning? He's a big coffee guy. I trust him. Um, he seems like he knows what he's talking about with coffee. So he was saying how like every coffee bean, different beans taste different. And there is no one single source of one type of coffee bean that could ever meet the demand that Tim Hortons has globally for coffee. Right. Um, obviously, they want their coffee to taste the same in Ontario, Canada, as it does in, you know, somewhere in the States or anywhere else. They want all the coffee to always taste the same. So what they do is because they have to use all different beans, they just essentially burn them all. And that way that it always, no matter that's what, similar it tastes taste. pretty much like the coffee you're used to. And then that's just the taste that you either enjoy or you don't enjoy from their coffee. Right. And that's how they make it uniform across every store of Tim Hortons in the world. Yeah. Coffee you coffee. Uh, I mean, that being said, I do go to the issue with Tim Hortons is I find that it's like major inconsistency in, I only get a double double. Like I, I'm not going to Tim Hortons for like my normal cup of coffee. Like I said, sugary, creamy yeah. coffee type drink. But like you'll get like, you know, it's half cream or you know, like it's. You know what? You know what's an order that um someone at work told me about that like I think like younger kids get more often. They call it like the Wayne Gretzky, the ninety nine. Uh no, I, I've heard of some of them. I forget though. It's nine. Nine sugars, nine creamers. <laughs> oh my god! I would, I, I, when I hear people order four by four, I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. There's a whole, there's a guy on Instagram that actually does his whole content thing is Tim Hortons hacks. So people will send him, hey, ask for this, and he'll go in and ask for it. it there was one called like the Stanley Cup, and it was like 
a drink with like a bunch of Timbits on top and stuff. It's kind of cool. Or like Axe and stuff. Really? Well, I actually really, there's a new like viral Starbucks drink that a girl I follow on Instagram shared it where it tastes like um, a sugar cookie. And it's like oh, okay. a dry oat milk latte with brown sugar syrup and cinnamon. And it's supposed to be just a delicious treat. So I might, uh, that's on my list of things to try. Most of the nice. time, Starbucks like viral drinks don't appeal to me in any capacity, but that one actually sounds pretty good. They get me once in a while. I forget what the last, there was some unicorn crazy thing. Was that the, yes. was that a thing? Yeah, that was the one at Starbucks. I think yeah, it was I, think like I tried that. Grams of sugar or something in it. Like or something like that. $10 diabetes. <laughs> okay. That is all the time we have for this week. Jesse needs to get back to work and I have to get back to doing absolutely nothing on my it's day. Enjoy of nothingness, Charlie. It's been a pleasure as always, my friend. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. On Easter Monday. Yeah. It'll be a holiday edition. First one. Inaugural holiday edition. See you guys. Yeah.